I'm Bishop Sherman Young. Each week, the Word Break podcast answers questions about God, faith, and other spiritual issues. Here is this week's message. Praise the Lord. You have before you a paragraph from Acts chapter 12, and I'm going to need your help to preach this. I need a little room to talk to you today about leveraging faith, leveraging faith, leverage. What is leverage? I'd like to base these remarks on the 12th chapter of Acts, a few verses. Would you read them aloud with me? With your best voice, beginning at verse 1. Let's hear the voice of the church. Let's read together. Now, about that time, Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some. How many know the devil wants to harass some in the church? Oh, he wants to harass you. Read on. Then he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. Now it was during the days of unleavened bread, so that when he had arrested Peter, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending to bring him before the people after the Passover. Peter was therefore kept in prison, but, can anybody repeat that word, but, but is a contravening conjunction. Whenever it shows up, it turns the whole thought around. Peter was put in prison, kept in prison, but, what? Constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. And when Herod was about to bring him out, That night, Peter was sleeping, bound between two chains, between two soldiers, and the guards before the door were keeping the prison. And now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him in a light in the prison, and he struck Peter on his side, raised him up, saying, Arise quickly. His chains fell off his hands. And then the angel said to him, Gird yourself and tie on your sandals. So he did. And he said to him, put on your garment and follow me. This story comes out of the history of the church. It is the second time that Peter has been arrested and imprisoned. He had been detained by the authorities once more and then arrested and imprisoned twice. In Acts chapter 3, he and John were detained for the healing of the man at the beautiful gate. In chapter 5, Peter was put in prison and he was delivered. And here he is now in chapter 12. And the Bible said the only reason he is in prison is that Herod, who represents Satan, the devil, wanted to harass the church. Wants to make you uncomfortable. The enemy has a very specific goal today. He wants to walk you down and steal your joy. He wants to walk you down and steal your victory. And you don't even see him coming or feel him coming because he's tipping up on you step by step. But on a given day in a certain situation or episode in your life, 
he will steal your joy. The Bible said that Herod killed James, the brother of John. You remember Peter, James, and John, the great trio that was with Jesus at all times. Did you know that the government killed James and then the government moved now to kill Peter? Put Peter in jail and put Peter on death row. Can anybody help me say on death row? Now, the Bible says that the church prayed constantly for Peter on death row. Would you say it again, please? On? Well, what was Peter doing while the church was praying? The Bible says Peter that night was sleeping. Who sleeps on death row? You hear many sounds on death row, but I guarantee you snoring ain't one of them. You hear men weeping through the night when they know their execution is nigh and there is no call from the governor. You hear men praying to God to save their soul because if they are executed, they don't want to die in that hell of a prison and then go to hell. You hear men and women on death row pleading for mercy, but you don't hear men sleeping on death row. How can a man sleep on death row? What is it that Peter knows that will cause him to not be worried about his own execution? You know, in this country, people spend millions of dollars for the death penalty. And in many states, it takes between 12 and 20 years after the death penalty has been pronounced in the, by the jury or by the judge in the judiciary for that to even come to pass. But Peter was sleeping on death row. Could it be that the prayers of the church were so powerful that Peter had confidence in their prayers? Because Peter knew not that they not only knew how to pray, but who to pray to. There are many folk that say they don't believe in God until they get in trouble or until they're facing death. And then you find people asking you for prayer because they know you're a praying child of God. And Peter is on death row and the church used its leverage for Peter's release. That's what I want to talk to you about these few remaining minutes. Leverage. Having leverage with God. Leverage got Peter out of prison. Leverage. Their prayers got him delivered. Acts 16, Paul and Silas was put in jail. They used their leverage. They used their leverage. John was put on the Isle of Patmos to die. That's how you get the book of Revelation. You know how he survived? He used his leverage. You see, it's one thing to have faith. It's another thing to have strong faith. Let me try that again. A lot of folk have faith, but their faith is not strong enough to bring a change in their situation. I don't want faith that serves me. I want faith in God that can deliver me. 
I'm not really so concerned about the creature comforts of this world. I enjoy a nice house or nice, nice cars. I enjoy that. But the truth is, I need something better than that from God. I need my relationship with God to help me when I'm being harassed by the devil. What is leverage? It is the action of a lever or what some might call a lever. It's when you're trying to get that top off the jar and you can't get it off. Anybody remember those days? And you have to reach back and get a, something made out of rubber. Uh, or you have to get a, a rubber band. Or you have to put some hot water on it to loosen it. Everybody say, to loosen it. See, the grip of the enemy needs to be loosened. That's leverage. It means power to, the power of, a, of force when it comes to loosing things. It's the exertion of force. It, it is added support. It's an advantage gained by leverage. Mechanics use leverage. And in mechanics, leverage is when you're trying to increase your strength. Financial planners talk to you about leverage when it comes to your money. Because it's used to increase the return of your investments. Manufacturers talk about leverage. Now for us, leverage has to do with a grip. Can you say a grip? Support, influence, power, authority, weight is to put your weight on it. It's to, to pull it is to use something with its maximum advantage. You see, you can have faith, but your faith might need a tune-up. You can have faith, but your faith might need a boost. And Peter, the reason I brought this big wrench is because if I've got something to turn and I bring a pair of pliers, the pliers may not get it turned. But this will turn it. The reason it will turn it is because look at the long handle. Everybody say, put a handle on your faith. Oh, I don't have a witness here. You see, the reason I come to praise, praise puts a handle on my faith. Worship puts a handle on my faith. When I sit up under preaching and teaching that teaches me the word of God, and that teaches me what God would have me to know and understand. The knowledge that I get in preaching and teaching puts a handle to my faith. That's why you need to be where you can learn the word. Because in learning the word you understand a handle goes on your faith. And Peter was put and kept safe. You know what that scripture said? That Herod took him, put him in jail and put four squads. Of soldiers on him. Let me demonstrate that to you. Gentlemen would you stand please. I've got one, two, three, four. Mr. Cole would you bring those four. I'm Peter. I, would you bring those four and line them up towards me. Uh uh. This way. Face me. Face me. Face me. That's right. Face me right now. You three gentlemen come. Come on. Bring Mr. Jackson. Step over this way a little bit. Give us a little more room. 
right here. You face me, Philip. Face, come stand. Put Mr. Jackson behind him. Behind him. Come on, Paul. I need Paul. Where's Robert? Robert still. Come on, Robert. I need, I'm going to need you today. Gentlemen, I need you. Come on, Mr. Johnson. I got a brother right there. I don't know if he's visiting. He may not. If you want to come, you're welcome to. Come on, I need you. I can use you. I got one, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. I need those two. Mr. Carter, I need you. I need this gentleman back over here. I, I don't have my glasses on. Come on, that's right. Come on, fellas. I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Robert, I need you over here, sir. Robert, I need you to stand here and form a line this way, looking at me. Looking at me. I need these gentlemen to get behind him. I, need, I got one. Uh-uh. Paul, you stay there. You, you fellas, come behind him. Come behind Robert. How many I got, ladies? How many do I have? I got 12. I need four more. Four more. Come on, fellas. Four more. Come on. That's right. Come on. Come on. Come on, Mr. Harris. Come on. Come on. That's right. Come on, Harrison. Come on. Come on. Come on. Let me show you how nervous he was that Peter was going to get away. When it said four squads, there are four men to a squad. Sixteen men to guard one man. Come on. I need these four. Harrison, you come in front of me. I'm running out of room up here, but that's all right. We're going to make it work. I need you right here face me. I need three men behind you. When did you grow so tall? What's going on with you? I'm not bringing you back up here anymore. What did you do? Son, how many I got? Sixteen? Line up behind him, Mr. Harris. Don't fall off back there, fellas. Tell y'all what we're going to do. You fellas making about face. Turn Mr. Jackson around. Now, with Mr. Jackson, y'all help guide him because he's working with me here. Paul, let's go down the steps on that end. You fellas follow and you fellas follow and you fellas follow. Come on. Come on. Yeah, walk with him. Walk with him. That's all right. That's all right. Walk with him when you get to the steps. That's all right. One man. Sixteen men for one man. I ain't got no help in the house. And Peter was not a warrior. Matter of fact, the Bible even said he wasn't all that good with a sword. He cut a man's ear off trying to cut his throat. Keep marching, Paul. Now stop, Paul. Now, everybody slide to the right one step because I got step. That's right. I need four right here and four right here. All facing me. Back to, that's right. That's right. That's right. And four right here. Where my other squad? There we go. 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 All facing me. Now let's all face, let's all face that wall. Paul, walk to the door. Let's follow. Formation. Let's go. This is the way they brought Peter in jail. Sixteen men bringing Peter to jail. I wish I had somebody. Sixteen men protecting. Sixteen men making sure he wouldn't escape. All right, everybody? About face. Not, I got an extra man up there. He must be the captain. Captain, take us to that other wall over there. 16. 
taking Peter to jail, taking him to death row. 16. The devil knows that you've got power. The devil knows that you're anointed. The devil knows that he's got to put extra guards on you. The devil knows that if you open your mouth, you can change your life. The devil knows if you can hold on to your joy, he cannot destroy you. He puts all of this on one child of God. You want, I hear y'all, y'all stay in formation, fellas, because we're going to do something. I hear y'all talk about when it rains, it pours. Look at the demonic force Satan puts on you. I know you think you're just dealing with a little problem. Your problem is just a symptom. It's a bubble of what the enemy really wants to do to you. The enemy is afraid of you. He knows you might use prayer. He knows you might use a Bible verse. He knows you might use a confession. So he does all of this to keep you discouraged. I don't have a witness in this house. I had something happen to me last night. One of my pastors got in trouble and it so took everything out of me. I couldn't even sleep last night. I maybe slept one hour last night because I got so, have you ever been so burdened? For yourself and others until you just felt like you just, I I thought I couldn't make a difference. I thought I couldn't work it out. And then I thought, well, what am I supposed to do when I get down and brokenhearted? And the only thing came to my mind was praise the Lord. Cussing won't do no good, but praise will make a difference. Fussing won't really help, but praise will turn it around. If you ever learn how to praise God, it'll raise the pressure off of your soul. Sixteen of y'all for an old fella like me. Let's go back, Paul. Let's go. You know, in prison, they do feed you in the cafeteria. Let's go to eat. Peter's in a prison cell. This is the way they come and get him to take him down to the cafeteria. Ain't killed nobody. Ain't stole nothing from anybody. All he's done is serve the Lord. All he's done is preach for Jesus. All he's done is baptize 3,000 souls on the day of Pentecost. All he's done is heal the man at the beautiful gate. All he's done was held on to the name of Jesus. Let's go back, captain, down there. Take me back to my cell. Stop us here, Captain, and put me off at my cell. They put me in my cell. And when they locked the door, they left me alone. All but two of you who will stand here and here and guard me. The captain can come and this big joker will come and the rest of you can go wherever y'all go at night. What did the text say? I'm through with the sermon almost. What did the text say? Peter was kept in prison between two soldiers. Why are they guarding him at night? When you are on the enemy's hit list, he spares no pain 
to destroy you. Give me my root. Where's my leverage? Give me my leverage. I'm through. When you need extra support, you got it. And I don't want you to sit in this room and think, well, I don't know but two or three scriptures by heart. I, I, you know, I, I, need, I, need to, I, I need to do more of this or that. The truth is, if you use what you got, God will answer you. Peter was kept between two soldiers. You see this, don't you? Don't mess with me. And that night, I'm through, he went to sleep. But what did the church do? Thank you, fellas. I'm going to let you go. Don't go far because I might need you to come back. But I need to say something here because what happens is when they put Peter in jail and he goes to sleep, the church starts a prayer meeting that doesn't stop. Now, how do you build up leverage faith? Let me give you about three things and let's go. You need to binge on hearing the word. What does Psalm 1 say? Blessed is the man walking not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law, meaning the Bible, does he meditate day and night. Now, most of y'all don't know what binging is. I'm going to break it down for you. In this world in which we live, TV ain't TV no more. In the old school, TV is something you turn on and you watch what you enjoy whenever they decide to show it. Man, you want to see Andy Griffith or you wanted to see Lucy or you wanted to see Carol Burnett or you wanted to see some favorite show, some Dallas nighttime soap opera, some whatever. You, turned, you had to wait until Friday night, the night that it came on. You had to wait until Monday night. Saturday night, you want to see All in the Family. You want to see Mary Tyler Moore. You want to see the Bob Newhart show. You had to wait until Saturday and that's when they show it. How many know that that's not true anymore? Because of the internet, you can watch whatever you want to watch whenever you get ready. And here's what folk are doing. Remember in the old school, a season of TV shows would start in September and end in December. Then the reruns would start in January. I ain't not got that no more. Now what they do, they release all the TV shows on the internet in one drop. And you can sit there in one day and watch all 12 episodes back to back to back. That's called binge watching. You need to binge on the word of God. You know what that means? Don't just wait until in the morning to read a verse. You can read it whenever you get ready. Don't just wait until Sunday before you pick up a Bible to come to church. You can take that word and get into it whenever you get ready. 
Don't you just wait until you're going to hear a sermon before you want to hear something. In this world that we live in, you can play the recordings over and over. Why would you need to do that? To get it down in your spirit. To get it deep down inside of you so that it will increase your leverage when you pray. There are certain things that I pray for, I don't flinch. I know just as sure as I ask God, it is done. You know how I know that? Because he's done it before. I wish I had a witness. But there are other things I don't have the same level of faith for. So you know what I learned to do? Find every scripture I can in the Bible that says that God will do it and I binge read. Back to back to back to back to back to back so that I can get the word down in me. But the second thing is not only read the word, but I need you to say this, learn the principles of the word. See, it's not what the word says, baby. It's what the word teaches. Everybody talk about what the Bible says, but because, you, because it says that, that doesn't mean that that's what it means. You ever gone to a family reunion or somewhere, a funeral somewhere, and there's old Uncle Buddy stay drunk half the time? He's always talking about what the Bible says. The Bible says drink a little wine for your stomach's sake. Well, that ain't what it means. Doesn't mean, you know, load up on all the cheap whiskey you can find. Oh, rock gut moonshine. I ain't what it means, Uncle Buddy. But you got to know what it teaches. For example, I'm through. The Bible says, if your right hand offend you, cut it off. Everybody that's got one may not have yours today. Show me your right hand. Now, are you going to sit up in this church and tell me your hands ain't never touched the wrong thing? Then why didn't you cut it off so that wouldn't happen no more? The Bible said cut it off. Now, I know you ain't going to sit up here and tell me that as long as you've been on the earth, your hands have this hand right here. Has never touched the wrong thing? Your hand got you in trouble at least once. What did the Bible say? If your right eye offend you, pluck it out. Now you going to sit here and say you ain't never looked at nothing you wasn't supposed to be looking at? Come on, not only some of y'all look, some of y'all took a double take. You look twice. Why didn't you pluck it out? Because although it says that, that's not what it's teaching. What it's teaching is if you've got any person in your life that you depend on like you do your right hand or you depend on like you do your eyesight, but they are interfering with your relationship with God, get rid of them. Cut them out of your life. Even if they're family. Let me try that again. I said even if they're family. I know some folk think you're not supposed to get rid of certain folk because you're kin to them. But the truth is your family can mess you up. Some of us would have better credit if it wasn't for family. 
I'm looking down. I'm not looking up at anybody. Some of us, we would have a better life if it were not for family. So you got to learn the principles of the word. And when you get the principles, you can walk in the principles. The principles of the word have to do with what God has set up in the universe. That if I do it, I'm going to be blessed for doing it. I don't have to pray and ask him to bless me. All I have to do is do what he says. If I do the principle, the principle works in my favor. I wish I had a witness. So when I get in trouble, I have to remember that even prayer is a principle. Prayer is not me just uttering out a few words. Prayer is me talking to God and communicating with God in a relationship. I talk to him and he talks back to me. The Bible said man ought always to pray and not faint. When I feel like I'm about to faint, what I can remember is the principle of prayer the bible says that we should pray without ceasing so whatever's going on in my life i can always get a prayer through i may not be able to get you on the phone i may not have time to text but i can always get to god standing wherever i am whether sitting in my automobile or sitting in my job or standing on the street corner or standing in a hospital or in a doctor's office when he's giving me bad news before the doctor gets through talking, I can already have a conversation with God standing right there. It's a back and forth, a give and take. It's me in conversation with God. I said that's a principle. It's a principle that the just shall live by faith. And when I recognize that faith is not something that I release in an emergency, but it's actually something I live by every day. I can expect the devil to attack me. I can expect to be harassed by the enemy. I can expect the enemy to be so nervous about my power in God that he puts demons on double duty. But here's what the Bible said in principle. Greater is he who is in me than he that is in the world but here's the third thing and I think I may let you go with this one accumulated testimony can you say accumulated testimony you know you know why I've got testimony my testimonies build up my leverage listen when I told you a minute ago that I can pray about some things and I don't even worry I know God is going to answer that prayer it's because I've been there before and I got a testimony about what I've been through that assures me yes God does work in that area see if he ain't never healed you you can believe for it and reach after it but if you got healing in your past then the truth of the matter is it's not about what you believe it's about what you know it's about the fact that you know that God heals because he's healed you before it's about the fact that you know that God heals because even the medical staff and the doctors don't understand what happened to you it's about the fact that God heals because your family that attended to you have to testify that God has delivered you so I've got some accumulated testimony I can look back years ago when I was a boy and see the hand of God but I ain't got to go back that far I can look back in 2015 and see the hand of God but I really ain't got to go back that far I can go back to January of 2016 and see the hand of God I can go to February and see what God did in the month of March they put me in the hospital overnight but let me tell you what he did he 
baffled the doctor. He baffled me. When I got out two days later, I go to a doctor. I said, "Is every?" I said, "When can I go back to preaching?" He said, "Oh, you can go back today." Why would he tell me to go back today when everybody else said it may be a couple of weeks, it may be a couple of months? Because I got healing in my background, and whenever they find sickness in my body, I've got a healer named Jesus. I say he's not a doctor; he's a healer. The thing about a doctor, a doctor practices medicine, but Jesus don't practice medicine. He is a healer. The thing about a doctor is a doctor's not always sure what's going to happen, but God is always sure, and I'm always sure. He can do anything but fail. He can do anything but let you down. He will do anything but disappoint because I got accumulated testimony. Somebody said testify. You know the truth is that you ought to testify because when you testify it strengthens somebody else's leverage. When you testify it strengthens somebody else's faith. When you testify it strengthens somebody else's resolve. I know what God can do. That's why like Peter who slept on death row. You know why he slept on death row? Was because in chapter 5 they'd already put Peter in prison one time and the Bible said that the, the jail shook and that was an earthquake and Peter got out. Well that Peter knows God when it comes to being in prison. They put him on death row. Down the hall somebody's screaming. Down the hall some other man is weeping. But what's Peter doing is laying on his cot. <laughs> what is he doing? He's snoring. Why is he snoring? Because he knows God. He knows God is a midnight rider. I don't have a witness here. Long years ago, it used to be a man at Friendship Baptist Church in Brighton was W.J. Sankey. Reverend Sankey would preach. He said, my God is a midnight rider and a four-day traveler. You know what that means? That means he'll come at midnight when everybody else is going to sleep he's still on the job the Bible said he that watches over Israel slumbers not nor does he sleep he's a midnight rider if you got trouble he'll visit you at midnight he'll rock you in a weary land Peter could sleep because he knew God had delivered him before he used his leverage well the church is praying for Peter I said they're praying for Peter and while they pray God sends an angel from heaven and the angel comes down and the Bible says he steps into the cell now wait a minute you got two guards in the cell where am I where am I where are my guards at where are my guards at you got two guards in the cell I say you got two soldiers in the cell you got Peter sleeping I 
don't know what these jokers are doing. Maybe they're playing two-hand spades. Maybe they're playing checkers. Maybe they're playing blackjack or 21. They may be playing Uno. They may be showing pictures of women. I don't know what they're doing, but when the angel comes in, they are powerless against the will of God. I don't care how stuck you think you are. I don't care how satisfied your enemies think they are. God can come into your room. He can come into your space. He can come into your situation. He can make a table in the presence of your enemies. Peter was asleep but the angel shook Peter and said get up And Peter got up. He said, put your shoes on. And Peter put on his shoes. He said, put your clothes on. And follow me. And all Peter walked out. Walked out of his cell. And the angel walked him out of the prison. And walked him up the street. And walked him up the avenue. And Peter went to where the church was praying for him. Now listen. When the Lord blesses you. Don't run from the church. Run to the church. When the Lord gives you that job. Don't quit coming to church. Come into the church. When the Lord delivers you. Don't leave the church. Get anchored in the church. He knocked on the door. I said he knocked on the door. I said he knocked on the door. And a little girl come to the door and heard his voice and went back. She said, Peter's outside. They said, no, that couldn't be Peter. Peter's in jail. They go and open the door and their prayer was answered while they were praying. I'm here to tell you God can answer your prayer while you're praying, while you're calling out, while you're reading the word. Before you get through praying, your prayer is already answered. Your miracle has already happened. Your blessing has already come through. Say yes! Say yes! You're praying for something. He's already answered. You need to stop begging and start saying thank you. When you ask one time, seal it in faith and tell him thank you. my handle. I got a handle of testimony. I got a handle of Bible principle. I got a handle of the word. When I put my faith on whatever I need, guess what I have to do? Guess, guess, where's Rube? Rube, guess what I have to do? See, you can't just, Rube, you can't just put the wrench on the boat. 
That ain't going to work. Philip is a big old wrench. But just to lay it on the boat ain't going to work. You know what I got to do? I got to put my weight on it. When you clap right now, put your weight on it. When you say hallelujah, put your weight on it. When you pray, don't be saying your prayers. You need to be praying your prayers. Put your weight on it. Now, I'm really getting ready to mess this up. But if you don't shout, I'm going to feel bad. So you got to shout anyhow. But I'm really getting ready to mess this up. Everybody said, put your weight on it. W, help me, English teachers. W-E-I-G-H-T. But that sure does sound like W-A-I-T, don't it? For they that wait. I got some school teachers here. Please don't stone me. But you need to put your weight on the Lord. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Don't throw me out the church. I know there's a difference between wait and wait. But just so I can have me a good shout. Before I go back to that harassing arena. They that way. Put your weight on it. Wait on the Lord. Share. Renew their strength. Mount up. On wings as eagles run and not be weary. Stand up, everybody. Let's sing. Walk and not faint. Oh, don't get quiet. Don't get quiet. Don't get quiet. Don't let it drop. Keep it up. Keep it up. Somebody's deliverance is in the room. Somebody's salvation is in the room. If you wonder why I love the Lord so much, I learned to put my weight on my faith. Jesus said, whatsoever you ask the Father, believe you have already received it.